and sisters, once again, this is your brother Paul, often coming to you live on my own Facebook page, and also some are watching me from YouTube, and also some are listening to the audio version on Spotify. Once again, I send my greetings to you from me and my family. I hope you are doing great. And let me thank you for always get, uh, you know, taking time to listen to me whenever I come online. God bless you for doing that. We're going to continue our lesson, which we started about three weeks ago. And the title is The Unknown God. First, we look at the world without God and morals. And that we saw that in situation like that, the behavior of man is so abhorrent. So there, it should be God in our midst before we know what we are doing. So, the second week, we also talked about the unknown God in our midst. And this is what we've been treated for uh, a while. And last week, we're talking about why there is sin and also uh, uh, problems in our world. And we said this is not the make of God. God did not create a world with sin and, you know, problems. But this is from man, because God gave a man a choice. And man used his power of choice to cause sin into the world. So if you are listening to me today and you didn't get chance to watch the video uh, why there is sin in our world and also there is these problems we are facing, please look for that one. The title is The Unknown God in the Midst of Man, Part 3. Today we are going to continue with The Unknown God in the Midst of Man. So this is part number four. Now, 
as you all know, we are saying that the unknown God, though hidden from the sight of man, but he has revealed himself to man in so many ways. And for that reason, man has no excuse to say that, well, I did not know him. So, and that is why I did not, you know, give him that kind of recognition or accept him. There are so many things that are around us that should tell you as man that indeed God is all around us. But if you refuse to accept these kind of evidence, then Paul says you have no excuse. So tonight we're going to talk about another way that God showed himself to mankind. And this time he came into our world in a form of man. And this is what we are discussing just now. We started last week and we're going to continue tonight and see uh, that if we will understand uh, the unknown God in the midst of man. Even though God is hidden from the sight of man, once upon a time he visited our planet. Since creation up to the time about 2,000 years back, right? God always spoke to people in different ways, interacted with man in different ways. Some in dreams, some also through angels, and some just face-to-face -face interaction, they could hear God's voice and they answer. But about 2,000 years ago, God came down onto our planet to back, become a man and stay with us. So in actual fact, this is how God showed himself to mankind. And now, he's come down to take the body of human and stay with us. And this is what we are going to you know, discuss today. How is that possible? That the God Almighty, the creator of our universe, should come down and be like man and stay with us. With all this, now let me tell you, people will still not believe that he, God, was in the human body. Those who he came at that time to visit them, they did not believe. But let's see if we can learn something from this. Let's analyze his birth, the way the Almighty God came down to our world. Not in any way, but he was born as we human beings are also born into this world. But his birth was a mysterious one, a mystery. And we're going to analyze this. You see, he was brought into this world through a woman alone. That makes his birth unique and a supernatural because 
in all human race, we've never heard that somebody will come into the world just from a woman without a man. Something that has never happened in all the human brains, in the human history. But listen, when the angel visited the virgin lady, he disclosed to her, reading from Matthew chapter 1 verse 23, the angel said to the virgin, the virgin will conceive a child, this is the words of the angel, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, the name of the, of the son that this uh, uh, virgin is going to bring into the world, his name is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Do you understand? So that is what the angel said. His name is going to be Emmanuel. He's going to be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, according to Paul, everything was planned ahead for this God, the unknown God, to visit our planet. So if you read Galatians chapter 4 verse 4, last week I quoted this, and I just want to quote it again to affirm the point here. Paul said, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman. When the fullness of time had come, which means everything was planned and there was time that God was waiting for. And Paul said, when that time came, God sent his son, born of a woman. The angel told Mary, you are going to conceive. Now, if you continue from Matthew chapter 1, verse 24, uh, 23 downward, even Mary questioned the angel, how can this be possible? Because I have not seen a man in my life. And you are saying you're going to conceive. And the angel said, there's nothing difficult for God. In actual fact, this baby that you're going to bring into the world will be conceived by the Holy Spirit and not human being, not human man but will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. So, the birth of this son coming into the world was a supernatural one that makes this person a unique and not like humans as we do because I did not come here from only my mother. I have a father. But this man, this person that the virgin is going to bring forth will be from the virgin alone and not a man. And that is why God chose a virgin to come through that virgin, person who has not seen a man in her life. Now, it is not only the Bible that you know, is saying this. Even when you look into the Quran, okay, the Quran also affirmed this. According to the Quran, when the angel visited Mary, right, 
This is what was transpired between them. And I want to read the Quran to you. If you read, uh, I think Quran chapter 3, verse 47, right? It says, When the angel spoke to Mary, Mary said, My Lord, to the angel, My Lord, how can I and hence shall have a, a child while no man has yet touched me. This I'm reading from the Quran. It's not the Bible. Mary is asking the angel, how can this be possible? How can I bring a child while no man has yet touched me? And he continued. And the Lord said, okay, such are the ways of Allah. He creates what he will. When he decrees a thing, he simply commands it. Be and it be. Oh, and it's come to be. That is Quran chapter 3 verse 47. If you read chapter 66 verse 12 too, I think you get the same information from here. And thank you. Uh, I, I, I have my professor in Quran here. He's quoted the verse on the screen for me already. You understand? So, uh, this is from the Quran. It's not from the Bible. So the, 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 the birth of this child coming into the world is a mysterious one. Something that has never happened. And let's see. We are saying that God, the unknown God, in the midst of man, which means the God that created you and I has now come down to stay with man. But we want to find a way that he came. And this was not hidden from man because he came as a man so that you and I will see him. Though this is history, right? You and I were not there, but those who were there at that time they saw him, they felt him, they heard him. You understand? Now, let's come to what the Apostle Paul says to the Philippians when he wrote to the Christians or the believers at Philippi. He said, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 8, Paul says, Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Verse 6 says, who is talking about this Jesus? Now, the baby that this virgin was going to bring forth is Jesus Christ. You understand? And then Paul said, have the mind of Jesus in you. And he said, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God. Okay? A thing to be grasped. Verse 7 said, But he emptied himself. Now the word empty here is like he demoted himself. Right? Lowered himself. Why is he using the word empty or demotion here? Because this Jesus we are talking about he said, 
he is in the form of God. But he did not count equality with God, a tin to be grass. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in a likeness of man, and being found in human form. Listen, he said he was in God's, in the form of God, but now he came in human form. Do you understand? He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So this person that is coming down, who is Jesus, the scripture says he was God, but now he emptied himself and now he is in the form of man. So you can see that he was God and now come down in the form of man. You understand? So you can see that this is what the scripture is talking about. Okay, here about Jesus Christ. Now, in fact, during Jesus' earthly ministry, one of his disciples boldly asked him to show them, I mean them, the apostles or the disciples, to show them the Father. If you read John chapter 14, verse 8 and 11, and I want to read this conversation between the disciple called Philip and Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has been with them for almost three years. But they did not see Jesus as God. They did not know that it's God who has you know, come down to visit man. They saw Jesus as just ordinary, you know, leader who they were thinking was going to deliver them from the hands of the Romans. That's how they saw Jesus. They didn't see Jesus as God that has come down to stay with what? Man. So, when we read, you know, Philippians chapter 2, we saw that Paul made it clear that this Jesus was God. But he demoted himself. He lowered himself. He emptied himself. And took human body. So, we are saying that the unknown God is now in the midst of man. People are saying, we want to see God. If we don't see him, we can't believe. Because God is hidden from the side of man, some people are even thinking that God does not exist. But God has shown himself in so many ways. And finally, he came down as human so that we can feel him, so that we can touch him, so that we can speak to him. Before that, God was speaking through angels. God was speaking through people in dreams. God was interacting with people in trance. God was talking through prophets to the people. But now God has come down in a form of man to stay with us. So that we can feel him, touch him and interact with him. Yet, 
People are still saying, we don't know God. Now, let's read what we are reading from uh, uh, John chapter 14, verse 8 to 11. This is the conversation between Philip and Jesus Christ. Philip has asked Jesus question. Show us the Father. Show us the Father here. It means show us God. That is what it meant here. But listen to the answer that Jesus gave. This answer that Jesus gave to the Jews is a blasphemous answer. Because to them, this man want to equate himself with God. But he was. Just that the people did not see. So this is what Jesus said when they asked him, show us the Father. Jesus said to him, that is verse 9, John 14 verse 9. Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long and you still do not know me. Oh, what are you talking about? I'm asking you to show me the Father. And you are saying, I have been with you and you still do not know me. Are you the Father? If I have asked this question and Jesus gave this answer, I will ask him, what are you talking about? Are you the Father? I said, show me the Father. But what? He did not know, or even if he knew, but he forgotten it. Huh? If you go to the prophecy, Isaiah's prophecy chapter 9, he said, the virgin is going to bring forth a son, a, a, a man, and that son's name will be called Mighty God, a counselor, everlasting father. So, why is Philip asking this question? Show us the father. Prophecy says, this man, his name is everlasting father. So Jesus replied him, I have been with you for so long. So you don't know me and you are still saying, show me the father. And he said, whoever has seen me has seen the father. That's the reply that Jesus Christ gave. I'm saying that God almighty, the unseen God has now come down to stay with humans that he created. But those he came into their midst in those times, did not recognize him that it's God that has come down. And now, standing before them, they are asking to see the God. As today, some people also are asking that they want to see God. And Jesus said, I've been with you for this while. You still don't know. You still cannot recognize. You still don't see me. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So don't bother yourself asking for the Father. I am the Father. What? Jesus continued, How can you say, show us the Father? And verse 10 says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Now he's standing before them with human body, with human flesh. And then he asked them, So don't you know that the Father is in me? 
the Father is in this body that is standing before you, and I am also in the Father. What people don't know, even though they read this, they, they are confused, as Philip was confused, is that they don't know that when we say God, okay, as our Muslim friends say, you say God is one. But if God is one, how can we have the Father and Jesus is also saying he is God and they are confused. Now, those who know Hebrew language or those who read Hebrew Bible, okay, will tell you that. Now, the first time we heard the word God was from Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. That's the first time we heard the word God in the Bible. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. And that is when creation began. But there, he said, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. The word God there, which the Hebrew language, it says Elohim. The word Elohim there, okay, is a grammatical plural noun in Hebrew. Grammatical plural noun in Hebrew. It can be also used as a singular noun. Now, I don't know how I'll make you to understand this. If I said last night, sheep came into my garden and destroyed everything. Sheep as S-H-E-E-P. Now, when I use the word sheep came to my garden, you will ask me, is it one or two? Because the word sheep is a grammatical plural now, if you understand it. If even one come to my garden, he's sheep. If they are two, he's still sheep. They are ten, he's still sheep. Now, the word Elohim, which the English, you know, translates as God, is a grammatical plural, you know, now in Hebrew. Which means, if we are transliterated, uh, trans, uh, transliterated, meaning we are just quoting the word as it is, or reading it as it is, then we will say that in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. But because the God there, though is a plural noun, can be used as a singular. Because we have only one God in that Godhead. When I say one God in that Godhead, Brother Paul, you are just confusing me. I'm not treating God here. We are just confusing me. What I'm trying to say is when you use the word God there, it's not only one personality in that God, but we say we have one God. And that is why when you come to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, there you see the scripture is saying that and Elohim said, let's create man in our image. God says, let's create man in our image. Who are the our? Right? 
So it tells you that that God there has more than, you know, one personality in that. That is why you use the word our. So the English use the word God without X there. But the language that the English picked that word Elohim from, that Elohim is a plural noun. And that is why it makes so a, a, a difficult for some people to understand why we say Jesus Christ is God. But then if you come to John chapter 1 verse 1, it answers it that in the beginning, before everything, Jesus was there. He said, in the beginning, the word was there and the word was God. Okay? And the word became flesh. And when he became flesh, he stayed among us. You understand? So here we see that in the beginning there, when Genesis chapter 20, uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 21 is saying that, let us create man in our own image. And then you come to John, and John is saying that in the beginning, Jesus was there. Then you understand that, that God that said, let's create man in our own image, Jesus was there. And that is why we said God has visited our planet and now God is in the form of human being here. And that is why he's standing in front of Philip, but Philip did not see that is God, the almighty God standing in front of me. Sometimes when you use the almighty God for Jesus, people are just confused. I know it's not almighty God, even if it's God. But you go to Isaiah chapter 9, when he's talking about a prophecy and Jesus coming into the world, he said his name is the almighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Right? His name is Almighty God. So, the reason why people find it difficult to understand, and I don't fault you much, because even the family that Jesus came into, they did not even believe that Jesus was God in the flesh. They did not see that. And that is why the scripture says he came into his own. But his own, his own people did not, you know, accept him. Not accept him that they, you know, uh, 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 you know, push, it, uh, push him away from the house. No, they did not accept him as God. His own family did not see him as God. You understand? He came into his own, but his own did not accept him. So, if it is difficult for you to accept Jesus, his own people did not see him that way. But let me tell you, God has visited our planet. And that is what the scripture is saying here. Now, when we continue with, uh, you know, our quotation that we, remember we are reading John chapter 14 verse, you know, 8 to 11. Okay, we go to chapter 10 where Jesus said, do you not believe? That I am in the Father and the Father is also in me? He asked them question. Okay? Now, there's nobody that has ever been born on this planet that has claimed this. 
is only Jesus Christ. It's only Jesus Christ. Even the world religious leaders, like Buddha, Muhammad, and the rest, nobody. So it tells you how Jesus is unique. And he has, you know, he's second to none. You can't compare Jesus, you know, uh, uh, anybody to Jesus. can't compare anybody to Jesus Christ. He's not human like Muhammad or Buddha or whoever. He's not human like me. You understand? And that is why his birth was so unique. He is God that came down and took this body. And that is why Paul said he was God image, but he was, he brought himself low. And this one, he accepted to do that. That I want to come down to be like my own creation, stay with them so that they can feel me, they can touch me. Because for all these years since creation, they only hear the voice of God. They only see him instructing him in dreams, sometimes through angels. But now he has taken the flesh and the blood of our body. And it's now staying with us. For three good years, Jesus stayed on this planet with man. That's wonderful. So, this is what, you know, uh, uh, Philip is asking. And now let's continue, uh, uh, what he said. I think we go to verse, uh, 10. We continue. He said, the words, Jesus says, the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Why is Jesus saying that? Though you see this body standing, you see it as human being. Everything that comes from me, I've already told you that the Father is in this. And I am in the Father. So everything I say is from the Father. So if you are looking from the Father, or you, 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 you are looking for the Father, I'm standing in front of you and you are asking for the Father. I mean, I find it difficult that even if I was, you know, Philip, I will understand what Jesus is trying to say. But it's true that Jesus Christ is God. It's true. Because no one, even among the Israelites, if you claim this, you are dead. But this Jesus said to Philip, I am the Father, and the Father is in me. And that is why this word, or uh, now, the uh, God, become difficult for many to grasp, understand. But then if you go and look at the Hebrew word Elohim, and understand that Elohim is, uh, what do you call it, uh, a plural noun, that should help you to understand. It's like I told you that last night, I have sheep in my garden. They destroy my garden, or the sheep destroy my garden. I wouldn't even use the word they. I have sheep in my garden. The sheep destroy my garden. It can be one sheep, can be two, can be three, can be ten. But they still use the word or the name sheep. So when you use God, that is how you have to understand it. So Jesus is now defending himself that he is God, but they are finding it difficult to understand. 
So he said, look, if even you, under, you don't understand, the words that you hear from me, it's not from my own authority. But it's the Father who is in me. Okay? And then he continued by saying that, but the Father who dwells in me, okay, does his work. Verse 11 says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is also in me. Or else, believe on the account of the works, you know, themselves. Even if you don't believe me, see the things that I'm doing. How will just an ordinary human being do all these things that you see from me? So, you have to see me that I am different from you guys. It's so interesting that the, the, the mighty God, the creator, will descend on our planet and stay with us. Okay? The thing that is created, staying with it, staying with us here, so that we can feel him, we can touch him, we can, you know, talk to him. Now, the last quotation I will present here for you to know that the Heavenly Father, the Almighty God, our Creator, descending on our planet and stay with us, is First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Here, Apostle Paul, and I quote, he said, Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He, here the word he here, capital he, is referring to God, he was manifested in flesh. God was presented in the flesh. Vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in the world, and taken up in glory. So the Almighty God, God visited our planet. But still, people did not see Him. We are talking about the unknown God, which we say that because people don't feel him, see him touching. Some people are saying that there is no God. And even those who say they believe in God, they have been confused to know who that God is. And we are saying that God has descended down to stay among us. He was here for three good years on our planet. You understand? Before he ascended up to, to his glory. And Paul said, Great indeed we confess is the mystery of godliness. He, God, was manifested in the flesh. God manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, and believe in the world, and taken up in glory. Therefore, the Jewish boy that was seen 2,000 years ago in the land of Palestine was not just a man, but God in human body. God in human body. He chose to lower himself in this manner so that his creation can feel his presence. Because the unknown God has shown himself in various ways, including becoming a man to stay among us, the scripture says no one has an excuse to deny God. You have no excuse to say that there is no God. He spoke in dreams. He spoke with, uh, through angels. 
He did so many things through people, but now he came down to dwell among us so that we will know that indeed the God who created our universe is there. So Paul said, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. I'm reading from Romans chapter 1 verse 19 to 20 says, For his invisible attribute, namely his eternal power and divine nature has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of our universe. In the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks, but they became futile in their own thinking and their foolish heart were darkened. No one has an excuse because apart from these biblical accounts, our some ancient historians also confirm that there was a man that was born in the land of Palestine who did supernatural things to amuse the people. As somebody like if it was Je uh, Josephus, who was a historian, affirmed this. And he said, there was that time a man, Jesus, he was a wise man, and if it is even lawful to call him as a wise man, why is he saying that? Because he saw that what Jesus was doing was not an ordinary man. So for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. And he drew over to himself both many Jews and Gentiles. So this is a historian. Okay. This man was born between 36, 38 AD, which means when Jesus went up to heaven, three days this man was born. So the account of Jesus was so fresh at that time, was so fresh at that time. So he recorded this. So my brothers and sisters, we have no excuse. To say that we don't know God. Though he's our known God. But he has shown himself in so many ways. So that you and I will see that indeed there is God. And Paul said even if. For us. Okay. We did not see Jesus on this planet. Because we were not born. The things that are around us. Are clear evidence. To prove that God is there. So the unknown God has visited us. God bless you that you always find time to follow me when I come on your screen. Please share this with me, especially share it among people who are still doubting in their mind that God is there or God is not there. Okay? And let other people also know that the Jesus that we talk about, we Christians, we, are, we don't have what they call it, blind faith. What we believe is true. You understand? What we believe is true. So we have shown all these things to you. And Paul said, What then? If some did not believe or were unfaithful, 
their lack of belief will not nullify or make invalid the faithfulness of God or his word. What it means is, after all this, if people will say they wouldn't believe, that would not change the position of Jesus Christ as God coming to, on our planet. You can choose to believe or not. But everything that I have taught you tonight, that God has visited our planet, even if you don't believe that, the thing that surrounds you, Paul said, is a clear evidence. They are the handiwork of God. If you fail to believe it, Paul said, this will not change our stand. You understand? That God exists. So please share this message to as many as you can. And if you are watching me on YouTube, please subscribe to my channel. And next week, we're going to continue. Next week, what we are going to treat is the silence of God. Because God has been silent for all these years. After Jesus came to our planet. It's about 2,000 years now. And God has not revealed himself to anyone. So people are doubting his assistance. It's not only you. Even before Jesus came into our planet. Those days, people say there was no God. You understand? So if today you are doubting the existence of God. It's nothing new. It's no news. But we, we're going to find out the silence years mm -hmm, of God. The years that God has been silent since 2,000 years ago. What is happening now? That's what we're going to treat. So the topic is the silence of God. I want to pause here and then we meet next week. Bye-bye.